Welcome to The District, a podcast about politics and culture from the spectator world. I'm your host, Teresa Mull, and I'm joined today by Jeremy Lott. He's the regional editor for Center Square Newswire for Washington State. So we're used to hearing about Washington, Jeremy, but uh, most of the time, unfortunately, that's the swamp in Washington, D.C. Where I lived for seven years. Yeah. So you know all about both Washingtons and how... How the Pacific Northwest shapes one and how one shapes the other. So that's something I want to talk about. I don't hear a lot about the Pacific Northwest in um, in mainstream media. You guys are kind of hidden up there in your beautiful tree-lined wilderness, yeah. it kind of seems like. <laughs> we invented grunge. What more does this nation want? <laughs> oh, that's right. So sorry. I forgot about that. I <laughs> must have hidden that in my memory. <laughs> and we throw fish in, in the Dyke Ice Market. <laughs> There's so much. You have so much to offer. So tell us about Washington State and the Pacific Northwest. What's going on there as far as politics, culture, all those good things go? I think we hear from you guys like in Seattle and Portland whenever there's riots and defund the police. So other than that, do you have any better news to report? Look, Washington's people, when people who are not from here think of Washington State, they, they automatically think Seattle. Because obviously it's our biggest city. There's a lot more to Washington than Seattle. And in fact, politically, it's often the rest of the state against Seattle. We experienced that here in Pennsylvania, too. It's like Pittsburgh and Philly, but the rest of the state is just completely Republican yeah. red state. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon, for instance, on some initiatives to have the rest of the counties in the, the state vote for, you know, against an initiative or for an initiative and for Seattle to be the one outlier, or maybe Seattle in one other county, you know, I mean, it's, it's the, there's quite marked differences because Seattle is so, uh, and King County is so populous. It has an outsized influence on our politics that to a certain extent is changing because uh, there's been a lot of people getting out of Seattle and going other places uh, in the country or in the state. And because, you know, the crime has just gone through the ceiling. And so you're you're seeing that happen. The Washington state is traditionally a very considered a very blue state. And it is. But I've experienced Democrats of varying hues and colors and varieties. And I don't know, over the years and Washington state Democrats historically were not as liberal as Democrats, let's say, elsewhere on the coast. I, I described our sort of unspoken way of thinking about these things is we hate the legislature and the governor better play dead. Like that was basically the voters take on these things. And Washington state has a a lot of direct democracy. So a lot of what is done is done by um, initiative and referendum. And so quite often the legislature would do various things for, you know, two, four, six years. And then the voters would come and just yank the rug and up, you know, set everything. And so there's a lot of that. Is that a system that works, do you find? Is that something that you think other states should adopt in the model of Washington State? Or is it kind of something that works uniquely there because of, I don't know, how the state is structured? Well, it doesn't or work, just... I, to, what I've seen, it doesn't work that well in California for whatever reason. I think it works reasonably well in Washington and Oregon. I don't know. I mean, California is just this very weird place that I don't have a very good handle on. So not a lot of things work in California. Yeah, there, there is that. Like a... um, I mean, I think it works reasonably well. It's not perfect, but you'll look, n- neither is the legislature. 
or the governor or, you know, none of no aspect of democracy is perfect. So we also have, uh, if not the most, the close to the most statewide elected offices, because when we put the Constitution together, they wanted to disperse executive power rather than concentrate it. Unfortunately, uh, during COVID, Jay Inslee basically said, give me the power. And, uh, you know, did, did a lot of... Did he say it like the Incredible Hulk? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. And he, you know, he uh, did a lot of emergency declarations, some of which are, are still there because the legislature, this most recent session, was considered a bill to not even limit very much, but just do some very minor things to his executive power. And they decided that they'd rather do other things instead. So... It's really mattering to voters right now that there is such a democratic dominance in Washington state at both for and con. I mean, there's a lot of some people like that and they think it's amazing. Best thing since, I don't know, sliced cheese. And, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of other people that are saying, no, 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 we need to end this. And so there's a question of, you know, is there going to be a significant red wave in this election? There has been some polling that says the Democrats have an edge, but uh, some of the polling, I mean, to give you an idea of how bad it was, the one of the polls that was commissioned in part by the Seattle Times, which is the biggest newspaper, didn't ask voters any questions about taxes or spending. Just nothing. Well, I mean, they, they asked about inflation and stuff. Do you want more Starbucks around it the corner? Pretty much, it was like abortion, you know, like because they're that's a big thing because Washington, they're all the. Elective Democrats are making a big deal about how, uh, you know, we, you know, uh, Washington state is, 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 you know, devoutly pro-choice and we need to reinstate Roe, blah, blah, blah. Washington state had legal abortion before Roe, it, the most far-reaching abortion laws in the nation. And by legislative act and by initiative, they've passed various things over the years that where there are significant, though not complete abortion protections in law. And, you know, they're even saying things like, you know, you're, you know, if people come from out of state and get abortions here, we're not going to cooperate with any uh, investigations. And, and the police are like, duh, because it's not a crime here. Like, wh- why would we do that? <laughs> like, you're being silly. Like, they've, they've literally almost said you're being silly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something you want to get arrested for. Silliness yeah. sounds like something from Monty Python. Yeah. <laughs> So that's obviously a big issue that I'm sure you've been covering a lot. What are some other um, kind of Pacific Northwest or Washington State-esque issues that you've been covering? Is there going to be some ballot initiatives that you've been keeping an eye on in the coming midterm elections? Yeah, it's not in the midterm, but next year there there's an effort to – so there's two, it's a twofold thing. One is that there quite a few people are hoping to flip the legislature from Democrat to Republican. The Senate looks flippable. The House is a question mark. It could happen if they run the table. When was the last time it was read? It was earlier this century. Like I can't, and it's not usually what you get is is a Republican Senate rather than a Republican House. And you've you've also had several times where the Senate has been a. There are quite a few Democrats who will basically defect from their party and and form a coalition with from the Republicans if they're part in. in historically, if their party gets too crazy. And that's happened multiple times. So like, that's a thing that happens in Washington state because we care much more about the candidate than the party. The, but then there are, are referendums to the legislature is what it's called. There is an effort to do like 11 of these 
and to give them to the legislature next year. And they got to get like 400,000 signatures each. It's not, it's significant, but the, one of the quirks about referendums to the legislature is that means if you give, so if they, I think that it's sometime in December when they have to have all the signatures in. Right. And so these are all, these things run the gamut from like crime stuff to sort of re-illegalizing, re, re yes, some drugs, because our Supreme Court just said basically all drugs are legal, because that's what you do if you're a Supreme Court, I guess. Mm, sounds fun. How does, how has that affected, well, crime? Yeah, not in a good way. I mean, it, it just depends, because like uh, Washington State took the lead in, for instance, uh, decriminalizing marijuana, or one. it was like one of the first states. Obviously, Colorado was beforehand. I don't want to take that away from Colorado, but but now, like, the crime has gotten so bad that pot stores are being knocked over in record numbers. Just to, to give you an ironic example. <laughs> um, so they're trying to do a lot of these referendums to the legislature. And if they can do it, and if the Republicans flip the legislature, Jay Inslee, who is our Democratic governor, does not have any veto power in that instance. So they could just pass all of them and it would very significantly affect taxes and crime and all kinds of stuff starting next year. We'll see. It's a long shot, but it's a thing that, you know, many people are taking. It sounds like a crazy place up there. I thought you guys were just kind of quiet and polite and basically Canadian and, you know, just behaved yourself. I don't know what, you're, I don't like know what you're talking about, eh? <laughs> she teases well, me a little bit because she knows I have a Canadian wife. <laughs> that's true you uh you had to go across the border to find someone crazy enough to marry yes, you clearly. <laughs> well speaking of borders and such i when i think of parts of that part of the country i think of um secession a lot it seems like every couple months or i don't know relatively frequently maybe because it's kind of like a novel fun thing to write about and talk about and always carving out or threatening to carve out like weird little states like this is the Idaho Oregon state and we cut out Seattle and I don't know yeah. what is does that still a thing the, it, it isn't big in Washington but in Oregon yes there are lots of counties that have voted by majority like we want out and uh Idaho actually has has said we'd be okay with that and Oregon hasn't completely brought the hammer down cuz they don't like a lot of Western Oregonians do not like Eastern Oregonians at all. I, I went and covered like that standoff in Burns, Oregon, and this came out very clearly. And uh, yeah, like there is a serious movement, but it would take the authorization of Congress, among other things. Could happen. I don't know. Uh, in, in Washington, there is not currently a serious Eastern secessionist movement, but give it time. What about uh, migration to and from that part of the, the country, I know you said people are leaving Seattle. Are they leaving the state altogether, Washington, because it's so liberal? Or? It depends. Just during the first COVID year or something, it was, like an, it was a wash. Washington had been consistently getting more people year, year over year over year. And then it was, I think, you know, less than a thousand one way or the other, which was the first time we hadn't grown, you know. And uh, I, I did one of the interesting things you can do to just a fun trick is to look at U-Haul prices between places because the U-Haul uses the rates in order, lower rates in order to get things back to other places. 
And so I looked at between Boise, Idaho and Seattle, Washington, and it was like 10 to one, like <laughs> close, <laughs> you know, everyone wanted to move from from Seattle to Idaho. They did not want to move the other way around. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, I lived in Idaho for a couple yeah, of years this is, and I thought that it was the nation's best kept secret. We had a saying where I lived in Teton Valley that Idaho is ugly. Stay away from here or something like that. (laughs) Idaho is terrible. Like, yeah, why would you ever want to live here? Because we wanted to keep everyone out of our own secret little paradise. And I kind of thought that Idaho was too remote and too extreme for people. Like, it's pretty hard to get to. Even I lived right next to uh, Jackson, Wyoming, and that has an airport, obviously, but not anything very direct or easy to get to, you know, mostly caters to cabillionaires who have their own private jets and such. So I thought that we were insulated and and we were safe, but turns out if you make your politics bad enough, nowhere's off limits (laughs) for people to ruin. No, there's been a significant migration from Washington to Idaho. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Idaho. I'm just, I, I, it just, you should. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, but for years we did the same thing in, in Washington state. We just we played up how rainy and dreary and awful it was to try to keep out the Californians, but it also mm-hmm. didn't work. No, a couple of them somehow end up there by accident, and get lost or something, and then they realize that. I remember the first time I stepped foot in Washington State. It smelled like one of those pine tree candles that you buy at like the Hallmark store. Yeah. It smelled like Christmas in like the middle of summer. I was like, "What is this magical place?" It's yeah. Green State for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's majestic and amazing. And uh, let's keep the politics on the right side. How about it, Jeremy? Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, uh, you know, uh, there was a couple of sheriffs that aren't terribly political, usually uh, of Whatcom and and Spokane counties, and they actually, in advance of tomorrow's primary, I, I wrote a piece about this. They issued a call to vote for pro law enforcement candidates, and they actually named names and put out voting records and said that there are a lot of people that you should seriously think about not voting for because um, they voted for policies that are, are harming the state. So, you know, we'll see what voters have to say about that. So do you think the tide could even be turning in somewhere as historically or notoriously liberal as the Pacific Northwest, even things, things get so bad, maybe there's a silver lining there. Or... I mean, there, there's a saying that a, 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 conservative is a liberal who's been mugged by reality, right? <laughs> um, there's been a lot of people mugged over the last... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like millions, millions of muggings, you know, unreported. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how they vote, you know? Well, uh, the best place to find out how people vote and to keep tabs on all things Washington State and Pacific Northwest is at the Center Square. Jeremy, can you tell us how to access all your great articles and all this info that the mainstream media doesn't pay enough attention to go to the center square.com slash Washington. Again, that is the center square.com slash Washington. Thank you for listening to this episode of the district. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. The spectator world is the U S edition of the world's oldest magazine to read more content on similar topics. Visit spectatorworld.com.